0: It's like uh, trying to get a cyclist to lift weights. It's like uh, that sucked. I'm not. That sucked. I'm not going to do it. I'm not doing it anymore. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of. Coaches on couches. Bing! Slouches! Today on the couch, we a return coucher.
1: Yeah.
0: We got uh, Tim Lynn from Family First Try, also a, a very uh, experienced swim coach, uh, triathlete. Uh, he's going to help us out, try to help you guys out how to uh, open water swim a little bit more proficiently, uh, add some confidence, and uh, hopefully get over the anxiety of open water swimming altogether
2: yeah
0: Uh, it is the biggest barrier of entry in my opinion yeah uh, for people getting into the sport Um, so we're going to try to offer up some some tips and things you can do uh, to reduce anxiety and then also things you can do at home or in the pool that are going to help open water so first I'm coach Dale Sanford.
1: I am coach Bryant Funston and we are the co-founders of BPC Performance Coaching where we specialize in helping time crunched athletes optimize their busy schedules so they can maximize their athletic performance. Every BPC coach is trained in our five pillars coaching system that has been developed over the last 12 years through our work with athletes of all ages and ability levels from fresh off the couch to world championship competitors. You can find out more about BPC by going to buildpeakcompete.com, checking Facebook and YouTube at buildpeakcompete, or, and or, up on Instagram
0: at bpcperformance. Tweet. Tweet. All right, so we're gonna just kind of jump right into it. Um, so we, we actually recently started uh, 10 years later, uh, started an open water swimming program or helped, sh- helped our local park, Shelby Farms, start an open water swimming program. So this topic is extremely timely. Um, there are a ton of, of people jumping into triathlon right now. Um, Can you say
1: diving today?
0: Diving into diving? triathlon uh, right now because we, we got the Half Ironman in Memphis that's coming in October. Um, on top of that, I think, you know, people are just wanting to race again. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to get out there. This event that we had this weekend has like double the people that it normally has.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so I think so many people got into, you know,
1: cycling, endurance sports, running, triathlon yeah. through this pandemic. You know, there was a, yeah. a lot
0: more people out
1: being active. So
0: And swimming was the hardest one mm-hmm. because pools were mainly closed. Uh, and up until about, a few weeks ago, we had no options for open water swimming in our area, uh, ever. So um, it's really awesome program. You can, if you're local, you can check our website, come out and swim. Right now, it's on Sundays at six and seven a.m. Um, and we have a little short course you can swim and work on all these kind of skills and tips and stuff that we're talking about today.
2: Yeah, I went on Sunday. It was awesome. Yeah, it's yeah. you know it's, it's my second time swimming in that lake. Yeah. Actually, the first time was when it was Patriot Lake. Yep, a lot smaller. Cross-country, yeah. dive in, middle of practice, come back, act like we're sweaty, you know, <laughs> okay, run we'll away from some... the park rangers. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I had, I had approached them years and years ago about doing this similar program, and they just flat out told me no for a long time because it, it, it what used to be a working farm and their whole thing was, we don't really know what's in the bottom of that lake so there could be like farm equipment, and barbed wire, and all this stuff in the lake. And so after they mm-hmm. they expanded the lake and everything was cleared out, and the lake is brand new, but just three times the size. I asked again, and they were like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so it took it took a couple more years, and it took uh, us getting the half Ironman to really uh, show them the interest behind it. Uh, so, um, but it's an awesome program. So. Um, let's start by, uh, the question that I get all the time is why the heck am I so much slower in open water than I am in a pool? Uh, or, or why do I struggle so much even just, uh, comfort wise in the open water when I can swim straight, straight, as long as I want in a pool, yeah. drop, drop, some knowledge because this is, I've <laughs> yeah, tried to so... explain it a million times and, uh, I still get it. I still get
2: asked, especially by new people. Well, swimming is not a is not your natural environment. You are not made to survive in the water for a long period of what? time. <laughs> we're vertical. we uh, we walk. We're um, yeah. It's just everything that you're doing when you're in the water. You're actually going against natural instincts. Yeah. Mm. Um, it's not air. Very yes. tough to breathe. Yeah. And so yeah. it's you can train. Uh, yourself to do something in a nice, controlled setting of a swimming pool. You can train yourself to have decent technique and things like that. But then as soon as you add in the variable of um, not being able to see and not having a wall within reach really close to you, that kind of thing, um, those natural instincts to to get back vertical, to get your head up, all of those little things, even if you think you're – trying to stay horizontal, there's still, um, these natural instincts that take over that, um, just make open water swimming. Um, you have to train it more than you think in an open water environment in order to detrain all of those instincts, I guess. Yep.
0: Yeah. And like, I, I try to explain to people all the time, like there are certain, there are some athletes who they're Pool times are similar to open water paces, and then there's the majority who it's not even close. Mm. Um, and you know, you people want you know nowadays everybody wants to be told what to do, what pace to to hold, and what power to hold, and and all that stuff. Um, but I have to explain all the time that I I don't really know what you can swim in the open water based on your pool times because it's the water's going to change. Like it's not even, you know, it's one thing getting in even in a different pool, you can go swim in a jump from 25 yard pool to a 25 meter pool and your overall time may be faster or slower. Yeah. Like, or your pace may be faster or slower. So now put yourself in open water with long stretches without turns, without breaks, uh, with chop, with maybe possibly current, with wind that could mm-hmm. be pushing you offline, all these things and those things can affect. And in turns, turns are like the biggest time suck in yeah. a in a swim. So like, I don't know. Like w- unless you swim open water a lot,
2: yeah, I have no and, idea. And how do you measure your your improvement in open water? Because doing it off of GPS data right. <laughs> is not going to. So um, a lot of people think they're swimming slower in open water than compared to the pool just because of bad GPS data. Yep. So they think they're um, not improving, but in reality, yep. if you actually marked it out, um, you know. Well, that and, and even just
0: setting the course mm-hmm. is hard enough. Like yeah. for the race directors, they put out a course based on perfect, like perfect signal on a GPS. And sometimes they get measured, you know, like really actually measured but um like if it's a windy day that buoy yeah can float (laughs) can be pulled uh another you know know, so even year to year the same swim course can change Yeah, and so it's really just hard to compare Mm -hmm. times like year to year so um but i think to the point of like you're you're learning a skill right you learn A skill in a specific environment and even going and trying to do something that you're very good at with your eyes closed Mm -hmm. is just a whole nother it's a whole nother way of having to learn it yeah
2: and so even with teaching small children there's this you have to have your most primal needs your most basic needs met before you can start to move on to more advanced um, coordinated skills of learning and In the pool, a lot of times adults feel their primal needs, whether consciously or subconsciously, are met in that controlled environment. As soon as you get into an open water setting, um, those primal needs aren't met and you feel uncomfortable. And now even learning a new skill in that environment, you're you're not going to absorb that new skill. So you have to get to a point to where you're just comfortable in that environment first and there's um, there's a lot of things that you can do um, to kind of build up your comfort one of the things is uh, just learning how to breathe with water running on your face is a um, is a skill in and of itself and it's one that um, i'll tell parents to practice with their children so you're telling
0: Um, parents to waterboard their kids yes
2: pretty much when you (laughs) the the worst (laughs) thing you can do for your kid if you want them to be a good swimmer the worst thing you can do for your kid is at bath time avoid getting water on their face. Yeah. Like at the earliest age, water should be flowing over their face, and you should react like, "Yay! Wasn't that awesome?" Like that. They, they should yeah. develop a positive um, uh, relationship with water running over their. That makes face. perfect sense. Huh.
0: When I when I was uh, when my twins were, like yeah. babies, I used to take the biggest bucket I could find <laughs> and just. I yell out, water park, and dump it on their head. <laughs> yeah. It's also during the ice bath challenge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. ice cold water.
2: Even adults, you'll get, um, like, as an adult, can you take a shower and have water running over your face and still breathe in and out um, with water running over your face? Most, because it's against your instinct, when water touches your face, you actually close up. mm mm-hmm you it gets very difficult to exhale and inhale with water running over your face Um, so just doing some deep breathing technique practice in the shower can actually help you um, if you're a very anxious swimmer can help you with open water swimming with your eyes closed in the pool i do that all the time that helps you with um, just getting used to the rhythm of not being able to seeing anything, and then seeing something, not being able to see, yep. you know that rhythm. Um, so whenever your head's down, close your eyes, and the only time you open your eyes is when you turn to breathe.
0: Yeah. Um, and that helps with with swimming straight too. You exactly. can find out if yeah. you're really All swimming of a sudden straight. You run
2: into the lane rope. Yeah. You, <laughs> yes. you have an alignment issue here.
0: Yeah. 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 That's always a I've used that definitely with folks just to to get a little bit of that comfort, but then also like hey, are, like you think you're swimming in a zigzag pattern. let's find out. Swim, let's swim uh, with our eyes closed and see if we're yeah. bumping into the wall. Yeah, so that's a good one. Like, um, you know, for, for folks that get severe anxiety or have any, won't even get in the open water because of the anxiety of open water, um, we've always recommended those personal flotation buoys. Um, they're super, they're pretty cheap. You strap around your waist, yeah. it floats behind you. It's not really actually offering you flotation, no, but if you panic or you need a rest or something, you can turn around and grab it and it will yeah. float, you know. I'd
2: recommend that even for good swimmers, accomplishment. You never it, know when something's gonna happen. Yeah, uh, So, it also
0: shows boats and whatnot if you're in yeah. a lake that you're there and, and whatnot. So those are great. I mean, they're like, you know, 30, 40 bucks if that. Um, and yeah they they offer a good a good bit of flotation and if you do a long swim they have the one i have actually has is like a dry bag so you can store like your phone or something in it while you're going and then if you happen to end up thousand two thousand yards down down the lake and yeah. you, you give up you make a phone call <laughs> yeah, it
2: comes, it's like getting a flat tire <laughs> you should should know, yeah. <laughs> or, yeah, I need
0: you to drive all the way around the lake because yeah. I ended up on the far side it helps with
2: intervals too so like yeah sure w- if you're doing open water swimming you don't have to wait just a minute walk. what you do open water workouts yeah not yeah. just
0: swim straight and yeah outside? it's not
2: just see how far you can go yeah you, just like with cycling and running, you've got to change the pace, do some over speed and some yeah. easy speed. yeah yeah absolutely.
0: Um, any other major tips for I mean the one like I've had people you know in our, our sessions we have two, three lifeguards plus some volunteers out there in boats so there's kind of always somebody it's more simulating a race environment anyways so you, if you need help, you can grab onto a boat.
2: Um, you know, At a certain sort of point, it, it does become kind of mind over matter. Like it, you yeah. can only train um, the skills so much. And at a certain point, you do have to, once you've demonstrated that you're a good enough swimmer in the pool, you do have to take that step to get yeah. in the open <laughs> water. Um, but it's, I think every, there's every triathlete that I've talked to and I've talked to a lot of professional triathletes too they all have irrational fears of things in the water they all mm-hmm. we all i remember growing up even in the pool doing swim practices and there's a certain lane in the middle of the pool that at a young age, eight, nine, ten years old, I wouldn't swim in that lane because it had the drain. <laughs> you
0: know, I had to oh, swim. Oh, yeah.
2: Different. <laughs> I was totally afraid of the drain. <laughs> right? As a little you day. have yeah. no idea what's going to swim up that. <laughs>
0: yeah, or get sucked down to
2: it. Obviously, yeah. completely irrational, yeah. and you at a certain point kind of have to have mind over matter. Mm-hmm. And oh, just yeah. make Don't fear the drain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> T shirt.
0: All right, let's so let's let's jump into some of the like we'll go into some technique things that are di- uh, inherently different than open water, and then we'll kind of jump into some of the, like this the open water specific skills that we have to work on a little bit. So um, obviously, you're talking about primal needs, yeah, <laughs> of of people that have to be met before they feel comfortable in a new environment, and one of those is getting oxygen. Yes, big one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Uh, talk a little bit about um, How you would Explain the differences In like breathing rate How often you breathe How you're going to hold your, your
2: mouth Or like Yeah, because yeah, I mean breathing is Is the um, and That's such a key factor Because it, it involves At some point your head has to clear the water <laughs> In order to get oxygen mm-hmm. So swimming is an, is an Underwater activity which again goes against our instincts. Um, Swimming is an underwater activity with body parts occasionally clearing the surface of the water. Mm. Um, When you're swimming, you shouldn't be trying to swim above the water line. You're swimming underwater Um, and occasionally rolling and clearing, whether it's an arm coming out or your mouth and nose coming out um, to breathe. So kind of having a fundamental, switch in philosophy of where your body orients in the water is can be helpful um yeah like that, that total immersion was a big uh yeah. was a big deal and he was definitely on to that
0: um yeah because there are some there are some uh folks out there in the triathlon world right now and and in, in trying to do better with open like in translating open water swimming there they continue to teach Trying to keep your your heels, your butt, and the back of your head at the surface. Touch points, yeah. Yeah, but that doesn't – But I think people misunderstand that and they're like, oh, my feet need to be out of the water. My butt needs to be out of the water and my head needs to be high in the water.
2: No, like, yeah. That means that the back of your head is touching the surface. Right. Your butt is touching the surface of the water and your heels are kissing the surface of the water, yep. not your whole foot and leg coming out of the water. Splash splashing, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And drowning out there. Um, Which means n- 90 or more percent of your body's underwater the whole time. Yep. Um, so, And then with breathing, um, one of the keys to breathing on your side, and we're not talking about siding, we're just talking about getting a regular breath to your side. Um, is the fact that your mouth is on the bottom part of your head. And so when you turn to breathe, and this is... Um, you won't get this on the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> you won't get this on the audio-only version. But when you turn to breathe, lifting your hair or your brain up actually can push your mouth down closer to the water. And, but it's instinctual when you want to lift to breathe to lift your head the top of your head up but that rotation actually pushes your mouth closer to the water yeah um, so like when I talk to younger children I tell them the top of their head where their hair is or their swim cap that's like your shield like a like the Roman soldier is a shield you want to keep that pointed in the direction at all times um, and with that shield you break the water, you create the bow wave, and your mouth actually gets a breath that's technically below the water line by doing that. If you lift the top of your head up, it's like lifting your shield up over your head, and you're exposing your mouth, and you let that water run straight in to your Get mouth. Get hit with the sword. Get hit with the sword. <laughs> three hundred.
0: <Sword>, that's <laughs> that's a, yeah. That's a good a good analogy. I mean, I, I think um i think in general obviously with with breathing um somewhere along the the lines uh historically there was so much information out there on swimming and like breathing every three and breathing bilaterally and all this stuff that people took that to to heart which is pretty common with triathletes uh but everyone's trying to breathe like every third or like you know something like, like you have to keep your breathing rate as close to the way you breathe when you ride and yeah. when you run and, and stuff like that. So it comes down most of the time. It comes down to breathing every other stroke. Yes. And do, you know, like what, like aside from the, the head turning,
2: what, are there any other keys to making sure that you can get like a full breath? Yeah, you have to have a full exhale. Like your lungs have, you have to fully exhale underwater. And that's, that's key. Exhaling underwater on the stroke before you breathe. So while you're pulling, exhale underwater so that when you turn to breathe, all you have to do is inhale. If, uh, what a lot of people do um, is they hold on to their breath mm. and they wait to exhale when their mouth clears the water. And then that takes twice as long to exhale and then inhale so exhaling underwater on that uh, on the pulling arm right before you roll to breathe exhale out your your air as forcefully um, exhale it out so that you can um, get a full inhale is and it's quicker so then um, then you don't develop a hitch in your stroke where you have a normal stroke pattern or normal stroke rate and then when you turn to breathe, you have to pause, pause for an yeah. extra, and you lose momentum and everything yeah. like that. That's a-
1: that was the biggest problem I had. Uh, cause, like Oh, you're still the bike- there? Yeah, I'm still there, guys. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to get my one point in here, <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll go back to silence. Okay, second go uh, But I'm used to a longer inhale. So when I transitioned over to doing some swimming for the triathlon, I was doing that was like the hardest thing when I got into the water was I felt like I was just so rushed having to get oxygen in versus what I was used to that 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 took time to get over.
0: Yeah. So is there there any like, um, you know, because of the chop and because of like the dynamic, the more dynamic water you're in, are there any like adjustments to like your, your catch or something that, will help you get more like a better breath. I mean, some sometimes like I've, I've seen like people will just like reach deeper. So that kind of it rolls their shoulders a little bit more than normal. Um, I don't know if that's something that you.
2: Yeah, so the front end of your stroke can provide a, a lift if needed. So if the water is really choppy, you're not gonna be able to have a, a super smooth stroke going yeah. through um, and so this is where a uh, competitive swimming coach would look at that and say, well, at the very front of your stroke, you don't want to press down at all Mm. because that provides an upward lift that's wasted energy. Um, But depending on the conditions, instead of going straight into the catch and getting um, positive force on the water right away, if it's really choppy, having a little skull or downward press helps lift you up just a little yeah. bit. But those are things that I don't think you practice. I think those are things that you just pick up um, just out of doing it many times. Yeah. And then putting yourself dynamic, in that. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, I definitely, you know, and that's, and to, to speak on that, like, and we kind of have, we're kind of jumping around here, but that's kind of how you cite, right? Like, if you want to lift your head above the water, you have to give yourself a little bit of a, a, a lift or a platform yeah. to, to push off of, to get your head up just a little bit yeah. higher than normal. Um, and so, yeah, when you, when you, when you reach and you sight at the same time, we lift the head, we basically rest on that arm for a split second and lift the head, yeah. uh, to get view of the buoy.
2: Yeah. And I, you can do the front breath sight um and uh but a lot of times what I'll do is the alligator eyes mm-hmm. um where I don't lift my nose or mouth out of the water when I'm sighting okay um and I'll so I'll lift my head forward and then turn to the side to breathe yeah so I'll I'll catch my breath actually when my head's been well, after my head has rotated to the side, yep. and it's a cleaner breath that way because the top of my head is blocking uh, the water from actually going gotcha. in my mouth. Um, but that takes some timing and coordination Absolutely. and practice. Yeah. That's
0: and we'll get into kind of the what I would consider the progression of sighting, um, but. When we keep, I, I, there's one trend we keep talking about is your head, yeah. and your head position, um, and we had talked about this the other day, um, and I went, I went and just kind of started messing around in my own pool and, um, and just trying to like just playing like floating and just playing with head position about where like like you were saying not not necessarily thinking about turning but like up and down where the head yeah. uh, should sit in order to keep the feet a little bit higher in
2: the water. Um, so body balance is is what we're talking about. Um, and this is balancing your center of buoyancy and your center of gravity. The goal in swimming is to be perfectly horizontal. Um, the head is the biggest um, factor in this equation. Um, but there are a lot of other factors, like being able to press your chest down a little bit, having straight legs, arms straight out in front of you. Um, but a good uh, drill to practice, which is probably what you were doing, is arms just straight out in front of you, head down, mm-hmm. and just trying to float and see if you can get your body completely horizontal without kicking. I cannot. Most people um, have sinky legs. Yeah. yeah. And I do have sick, and that's residual. normal. I can't do it. Either. I tried as hard as I could, yeah. And I could not. Um,
0: SLS,
1: psychology,
2: but practicing it allows you to get better balance. Yeah, but what you can probably notice is even just lifting your head a millimeter yeah. or two exponentially drops your feet, takes your um, center of gravity and your center of buoyancy and pulls them apart, and so you start to uh, fall. Ver- yeah. ver- body balance would be akin to like your percent gradient that you're cycling on. Right. So if you're out of balance and then all of a sudden you're cycling up a hill, you're, you're swimming up a hill. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: so, so, um, the other, the other thing, like that drill that you were talking about, and we we'll, again, we're kind of jumping around here, but the thing that I've f- found most useful out of that drill, aside from just kind of working on the right head position was, it kind of helped me figure out what is the minimal kick I can do Hmm. to keep my feet, um, high and like floating, basically the the, the bottom end. like play with the head position. And then what is the, what is the most, the least amount of kick I can do to, to keep myself balanced in the water. Um, and then I kind of took that into like the next set of swimming and it seemed to help quite a bit because I've, I've always found myself, I like trying to do like a two beat kick and it was like my stroke rate and the two beat kick just don't match or like, or I'm over kicking and then I'm like smoked uh, and I'm still trying, even with a tempo trainer, I'm trying to like match the two and it was never working and then, but then doing that drill and then trying to integrate that kick pattern into, it was probably more like a four beat, Mm -hmm. like putting that kick pattern into my Swimming it seemed to help quite a bit.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, especially with your average triathlete, they don't kicking in order to keep your body balanced and horizontal is the goal of the legs. Yeah. You're not, um, um unless you're at the elite level, you're not actually adding power to your swim stroke. You're not adding yeah. s- speed. The, the average triathlete is not, um, shouldn't be doing, in my opinion, a six-beat kick. Um, But it's interesting, even at the elite level of swimming, uh, you'll see, so Katie Ledecky wins the 1500 meter for the US Olympic trials, and they're doing the underwater shot on it, and Katie Ledecky's doing a two-beat kick, and the girl next to her is doing like a six or more beat (laughs) kick, just like motoring the legs. And they're both elite level swimmers with two completely different styles, mm-hmm. and so I, um, even at the top end, the ideal kick rate is so individual. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah, and that, and I think um, you know that's that. That would be my my kind of tip for um, trying to figure out your ideal kick rate is just like I said, do the floaty yeah. face down floaty drill work on your head position and then figure out what is the least amount of kicking you can do to keep your feet higher in the water and and stay pretty streamlined. Um, But the same goes for, and this is even more, almost more important is stroke rate. So like you're talking about like the elite levels, it is all over the map. When I watched, I watched the WTS race a few weeks ago in Leeds Yep. And you've got, um, you know, Lucy Charles Barclay up front doing, turning over 90, 90 strokes per minute. Uh, you know, that's an insane high yeah. stroke rate for the average person. I mean, I would, I would say the fee- the of all the people I've coached over the years, most people fall under 60 for their mm-hmm. natural stroke rate. It, it increases a little bit in the open water just by nature. Um, but, I mean, I, personally, I don't think I ever go over about 70. 90 is, like, insane yeah. to me.
2: Yeah. I mean, stroke rate is beneficial to train. Oh, but yeah. it is very, it's very individual. Yeah. And it's individual based on uh, your fitness level. Yeah. <laughs> At that time, your wingspan. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
0: I and mean, I've found, I've always found that, while well, one stroke like higher stroke rate helps you kind of break through the chop a little bit and mm-hmm. prevents a lot of deceleration that can happen when you're trying to glide through water that's coming at you yeah. <laughs> basically. Um, but also it helps you get more breaths more frequently. Mm-hmm. And while you don't want to like hyperventilate, um, you know, I've just found that it, you it, like having a little bit higher stroke rate in the open water get a little bit more frequent breath because it is more dynamic and there, you know, you may not be getting full breaths every time if you get water over your head or, yeah. or
2: something like that. Um, you know, it's interesting cause I, I struggle with a low stroke rate. And one of the reasons is well I was a pool swimmer and a sprinter and I had a really high, high stroke rate for sprinting the 50, 100 freestyle. Yeah. Um, but there was so much focus on getting a perfect catch and being so efficient, um, to where now I still have the mechanics of a good catch and a good pull, but I don't quite have the swimming specific fitness to turn over that good catch, um, at a super high rate. So it'd be, it's kind of like, I feel more of like a track cyclist with a huge chain ring. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And so I actually struggle with a slower stroke rate um, because I've had so much training on efficiency in my stroke um, where I almost need to figure out a way, I guess, I need to figure out a way to get a smaller chain ring and turn it over. I might be more efficient. Um,
0: Yeah, in terms of, you know, putting it, uh, you know, putting in terms of cycling a little bit, um, you know, your cadence on the bike when we train – folks on the bike we train all different cadences you want to be able to do all of them and you want to be able to, to kind of uh, like match your breathing rate to whatever force you you know you can go the same pace in the pool with a really hard pull low stroke rate mm-hmm. as you can a lesser hard pull more, less force higher stroke rate same on the bike we can produce the same power yeah so um you know it i I think people just fall into like what feels good right now,
2: and never work on yeah. going lower one or higher. Speed, one speed swimming is not um, that's going to get you really good at swimming at that one speed. Yeah, um, you should be varying your tempo, varying your speed um, in your swim workouts. Um,
0: yeah. So what is what's your opinion on on? having like a glide on the front of your stroke in the open water?
2: Um, I think it, it would be condition specific. So yeah. um, I've had uh, nice, calm waters before and having a more of a pool stroke, I thrive in that scenario. Sure. When the water gets a little more dynamic and I have to up my, um, my stroke tempo, I actually struggle a little more yeah. um, because I'm, not as good at a high um high turnover as others so do you find that when you
0: when you go from like lower stroke rate to high or or change your stroke rate do you inherently also change your kick rate or does it stay pretty similar does the kick rate stay it stays pretty similar okay Uh, yeah because i think that's what like i've just talking to athletes over the years like what we kind of find when you really get into it is when they're trying to swim faster and they're trying to go a higher stroke rate. They inherently want to kick way faster, and then they're just smoked. Like, yes. like your yeah. legs take all the oxygen, and they're just they're taint. Yeah, you know, it's like I. They're like so. Then it's like uh, trying to get a cyclist to lift weights. It's like that sucked. <laughs> I'm not right. that sucked. I'm not going to do it. I'm not doing it anymore. So, but yeah, I mean, you like. You, you kind of have to separate the bottom half and the top half a little bit, uh, and while they work together, uh, it's it's the bottom half is not necessarily matching the effort uh, and yeah. and RPMs of the uh, the top half.
2: Yeah, and as your, I mean your your body needs to work um, synchronously the whole time. So as your as your hips are rotating side to side, your feet should be rotating side to side to the same degree um and so if you have a two beat kick when you're going easy you can have a two beat kick when you're going hard Mm -hmm. as well it shouldn't be a two beat kick when you're going easy and then when you start to go hard all of a sudden that turns into a six beat kick yeah that's where it it normally you get smoked
0: Mm -hmm. yeah i think i think that is a, a a really good point put out there because i i have done it myself in the past and then i've seen a ton of people like as soon as they try to change up their tempo their kick goes with it yeah. and then they're just, just blown up um all right so let's jump into like you know i think we put out a lot of good little things on the technical differences and technique but let's kind of talk about just a few of the open water specific skills that really have to be worked on <laughs> like yeah you're not you really you can do it a little bit in the pool but for the most part you got to get in the open water and big ones sighting. Like you can, you know, everyone knows you can swim way more, way farther than you really need to if you don't sight well. Um, but just kind of talk a little bit about like, um, how often.
2: Yeah. And how often is going to be very dependent on your individual stroke Mm. and goes back to our drill that we talked about swimming with your eyes closed in a pool. So you can kind of gauge before you go out to the open water, can I swim straight with my eyes closed? Mm. Um, If I'm swimming right over the black line with my eyes closed for um, six or eight stroke cycles, and then I open my eyes, am I still on that black line or how far off have I veered? Um, So you know your own, I guess, proclivities in terms of, do I tend to go left every time yeah, yeah. or do I tend to go right uh, which would all just be imbalances in your stroke mechanics um, and then um, in terms of how frequent as needed but not more yeah. than needed because yes. every time you lift your head up to sight you're um, you're getting your body out of balance and now you're swimming uphill yeah um, so generally having to reaccelerate, Yes. After you get your head back in the water. Yeah. So finding that sweet spot of staying online and, um, but citing as little as possible is the most efficient mm-hmm. um, and can only be achieved through a lot of practice, learning yeah. yourself. I generally will um, start out every well the very beginning of a race I won't cite very much at all just to get clear just to get clear water um, and then um, and then it's maybe every I'll start out every three cycles looking forward and then if I'm feel like I'm really online uh, I'll go I'll up it even more um, and there's other there's other things that you can use, other surroundings, even on your side breath, to help you. Um so like if you're if you're swimming a shoreline and you're breathing towards the shoreline, you can gauge the distance. you can gauge the yeah. distance and know that you're still swimming straight and then you would have to sight even less um right. just by using your surroundings um so being I, able to bilateral breathe is a good skill to have. It's not the yeah. be all end all, um, but being able to comfortably breathe towards the shoreline to help that, uh, also being able to breathe away from the sun or away yeah, from incoming sure. chop, yeah. um, that kind of thing will help you have to sight less. Yeah, I guess.
0: Yeah, and and so like. I mean, I am usually uh, I usually sight um, six to nine strokes, something like that. Um, usually, if I try to go over about nine or ten strokes without sighting, I'm veering. Yeah. And I always veer in toward if I'm going counterclockwise, I'll veer in toward the center of the course. Um, but yeah, it's just you got to figure that out over you know some time of working either in the pool or in the open yeah. water. Um,
2: or find some good feet. Yeah, find some good feet and, fall and hope to uh, follow those. You know, <laughs> those of you with a foot fetish. The uh, <laughs>
1: this sports for you.
0: That is always. Uh, that's it's. There's a lot of chance involved yes. in finding good feet. Uh, I, I, it's probably better suited if you're Do in your a mass start. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, can I see your feet? <laughs> 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 uh, you, you know, it's it's much easier in a mass start, um, but in a time trial start. Yeah. You just never. You know you never know and Even if you the know the, feet
2: yeah at the higher level competition yeah um if you know you're surrounded by good swimmers sure then if you tuck in behind they do the sighting for you yeah at that level yep um
0: so um like so the, the how-to of sighting is always uh kind of complicated to explain without actually showing it so yeah. we'll do our best here um but I always tell people when they're learning to sight, if you really have almost no, like if you're very new and you have almost no comfort, then just go into a breaststroke for a couple of strokes. You're still moving forward. Yeah. You're going to get your breath, you know, easily. And then you can go back into freestyle, not the most efficient, but still better than swimming way off course and then realizing it, having to stop and like get back on course. Um, you know, in secondary, uh, like we talk about the the lift, look, and breathe, which is like, uh, you know, you lift your head up and then you get your sight and then you're exhaling on the way up and out. And then, like you said, you're inhaling as you turn your head. That's good, but it also – ten people tend to lift their head too much and they the feet drop mm-hmm. still better than the breaststroke, but, you know, kind of next. And then the alligator eyes is kind of like – what you're really going for yeah. which takes a lot more coordination and you know you get the you get basically get your goggles out of the water and then you yeah you inhale as you turn uh to the side
2: yeah um i'd recommend practicing um the progression with fins on too for yeah. beginners because that'll help um take the weight off the legs uh so that you um you can support the breath and you can get the timing of um lifting the head at the very beginning of the catch and pull. Yeah. And exhaling, looking, and then turning and breathing at the finish yeah. of the pull. Um, yeah. You can get that timing better with fins on because fins will also help you slow it down. But it'll also yeah. help. Um, so
0: I my always my problem has always been the fact that I breathe better and have more balance turning to the right. Mm. But I have a better, easier time sighting when my right arm's out and I can lift from the right arm. So then I'm supposed to breathe to the left, but I'm so much yeah. worse yeah. at it. <laughs> so what happens if I don't practice and practice and practice and work on, you know, uh, sighting to the right side or and turning to the right side, I get this thing where I, I lift it up and I look and then I like don't ever like really get over enough and then i have to wait until i come back over here to inhale and it's just a nightmare yeah so it does take like a, a decent amount of practice just to get the coordination down of that one stroke being in the middle of other strokes uh with a with just a slightly higher head position it wouldn't seem so hard but it is yeah the, the yeah. coordination part and it, you know you can practice it in the pool like that's the nice part is the actual coordination can be done in a pool.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but eventually got to take it out to the open water. Yeah. Um, what about dealing with sharks? Well, it's a legit question. <laughs> yeah, It's called don't swim in an ocean. <laughs> choose, your, choose your races wisely. This is probably a good time to later, after we've already put out the, uh, the anxiety tips. <laughs> yes. Um,
1: there's actually a question on uh, tips on swimming in the ocean specifically. So I'll, I'll weigh in with avoid the sharks Yeah, and you guys can go <laughs> well, into I think, specifics on uh, ocean swimming versus possible lake or river. I think just
2: knowing how to out swim a shark is important. Step, Step one. Go yeah. for the eyes. If you well, can't. <laughs> it's, it's pretty easy to out swim a shark. I just got to outswim you guys. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. You'd be faster than just most Faster people. than the person next to you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've, I've done a few ocean swim races and, um, you know, to some extent, you know, people get anxiety about not being able to see the bottom of like a lake or something like that. But in the ocean, you can see the bottom and you can see you probably don't everything see the that's bottom. down there. Um and so while i lo- you know ocean life is really cool while you're snorkeling and stuff but yeah uh when you're in the middle of a race and you're swimming over sea rays or jellyfish you know it can it can uh add a little bit of anxiety but that's you know in those cases you just have to keep going uh you know get past it and uh
2: try to keep your breathing rhythm
0: Yeah, as you know even if your stroke falls apart a little bit get keep your breathing rhythm there and don't let
2: your mind wander so have something that like whether it's a technique piece that you practice in the water something that you go back to as soon as those thoughts start to creep up in your mind and they do in all levels even if the greatest open water swimmers in the world will have these natural thoughts of oh my gosh is there a shark down there what was that shadow you know (laughs) um But have have some something that you go back to that then you can refocus on whether it's breathing, whether it's um, your catch, whether it's your head position. I think the nice part of uh,
0: you know keep in mind that of all of the races in all of the world, there have been (laughs) I have yet to hear of a shark attack during a race or uh, any. I mean, other than occasional jellyfish things.
2: Like, which apparently you can still win the world championships after getting stung yeah, by jellyfish. You can.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Didn't even have to get peed on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you can. I mean, uh, you just have to, you know, have it in your head that this is not a big deal. Everyone else is here. There's there's a massive amount of people in the water with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sharks
1: are hanging around. I'm them.
0: not the target here. Yeah. Um, so. Other uh,
1: tips other, besides sharks, uh, shark evasion, other ocean-specific?
0: You, I think, you changes? know, one thing to, to note is that you're more buoyant in in salt saltwater, um, which does help a little bit. But the thing is, uh, like, you will have – you'll occasionally have current. You'll have to swim against current. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's really nothing to do with that besides just keep your same rhythm and – it is what it is like everyone's swimming through the same water yeah if um, you're
2: swimming into a current um i would definitely not advise having extra long glide mm-hmm. so like if you're coming into an into a current that would be a time to if anything increase stroke rate and go directly into your catch don't let yourself glide, glide. because you're going to get slowed down yeah um exponentially you want to keep. Pressure on the hands, kind of like keeping pressure on the pedals in yeah. a headwind. It's like trying to
1: you know, yeah, trying to coast up a hill. And, yeah, and we had know, to like, um, you got to keep on the
0: pedals. We had a pretty bad current a few years ago at, in uh, at nationals, in the lake, and we were swimming out, and we were just going up and over these rollers, and finally, though, you kind of got used to it, and you were like using the rollers to breathe in sight. Yes. So like you that kind of felt bad. you could feel yourself lift up in the water, and you're like, okay, well. I'm at the top, might as well yeah. like breathe and look at the same time. And then yeah, you got slammed down deeper, but you were actually at the top of that wave long enough to get a really good breath. And it, you know, it wasn't really that big deal. Yeah, don't, don't waste
2: sights in the trough of a wave. Oh yeah. yeah that's <laughs> yeah. not gonna help you. So yeah. always <laughs> wait for that wave to come. And when you're at the crest of the wave, uh, lots of times you, you don't even really have to lift your head at all. Yeah, uh, you can just look forward at when you're at the crest of the wave. Um, yeah,
0: I mean, there's yeah, I mean, there's there's not a whole lot of difference in the open water besides kind of or in the ocean water, besides dealing with some of the current and a little bit more waves and stuff. And, and you can, you know, if you know, there things you can learn to get out, get out beyond the break, um, you can dolphin dive and stuff like mm-hmm. that out beyond the break, get out a little bit quicker. And then obviously, you can learn to body surf on the way in and carry you know, catch waves on the way in and it speeds you up a whole lot. Yeah. Uh, that's fun. Should they maybe just watch a few reruns of Baywatch? Watch so some you know, Baywatch uh, and then uh know yeah. get Hasselhoff. He's got it down. <laughs> yeah. Get your body surf on. Um jumping ahead, like we well, already said it, but turns are like the biggest time suck uh, in a swim. And if you wonder why your overall pace is slower, like count the turns and then you know, add 10, 15, 20 seconds at that turn where you're really not making a whole lot of progress, yeah. uh, you know, depending on the severity of the turn. And if you got a lot of people going around the buoy. Right. Um, I mean, it's just a cluster sometimes at the turn buoys. Yeah. Um, but any tips on like just being more efficient around turn buoys?
2: So there's, there's a couple different strategies, um, there's the roll technique. That you can do, like take a. Um, the one. If you have like a stroke. 90 degree turn, yeah, you yeah. do the one backstroke yeah. and do like a corkscrew um, yep. style stroke. Takes practice. Takes some practice, but that can be pretty efficient. Yeah. Um, the other one is to do kind of a single arm stroke. So if I'm mm-hmm. turning right, I keep my left arm, so then it's like left arm only drill, but then my right arm underwater just does like a little catch and forward and helps like a rudder to take me around that turn. Gotcha. So if I'm going into, uh, a right hand turn, I'm going to use my right arm as a rudder and a guide and my left arm might do an extra stroke. Um, and that'll get me around the corner quick. Gotcha.
0: No, that's a good, that's a good, uh, you know, one thing I always tell people is, is, you know, obviously only turn to the side of the buoy, like keep looking at the buoy, like kind of keeping it in your vision as you turn to breathe. Yeah. Um, and that generally keeps you kind of moving around, but that's a good point about doing the single, single arm stroke. Um, I know like even just doing, trying to bend around a buoy, you know, you, you end up End up having this big arc instead of mm-hmm. kind of making a tight turn around it and that's it is it's, t- it's a lot of time yeah spent doing that and then you know you get courses that have you know some of them have four and five turns yeah that's a lot it's a lot of extra time
2: yeah know the course before you try to swim it too yeah like know exactly how many buoys and which ones are the turning buoys and yeah. what what degree you're supposed to turn. Like, is this just a slight bend or is this a full 90 or is it even more? Um, that's, uh, I think that's really helpful. Cause when you get out there, you can start like, okay, I've got eight buoys in this whole swim yeah. and they're all right hand turns or the first two are right. Then I've got a left, like knowing that ahead of time. Um I'm not gonna lie. I'm not an ambi turner.
0: <laughs> My, my le- my counterclockwise swims are so much worse, and one of it's because we never practice. We rarely practice counterclockwise swimming, and uh, and I and again, I'm better at turning to the right yeah. to breathe. So turning up to the left to go around buoys takes me. Just we We'll see if Pam
2: can switch the B- Buffalo Bill we'll, this weekend we'll for you. No, I don't need. <laughs> I don't need you getting more advantage. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean it's just it's just practice, 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 and uh, you know I we've done it. I've done it too. Where like at the lake, even if there's like a wake a wake zone buoy, you can go out and just start cutting around mm-hmm. it, and just get good at cutting around it. Um, I did that two weekends ago, last weekend, um, just to try to get around those faster because it is just such a time suck.
2: Drafting. Yeah, it's it's a. Uh... It can be a big benefit in swimming. It yeah. can be. Um, you also, I think, there's an etiquette involved with it. What? <laughs> you mean don't grab their ankles <laughs> yes. and try to take off their timing chip? So, um, kind of two places the draft would be right, right on the hip, yeah. which is you might gain the most benefit from if you're the drafter. Mm-hmm. But moving together as a pair you might not uh you might not move as efficiently because you tend to impede the swimmer the front swimmer more if you're on the hip gotcha so um being yeah. right on the feet without grabbing them um, <laughs> being right on the feet is, so on
0: the feet behind him or on the
2: feet staggered diagonal well really what i'll try to do is i'll try to get my head as close to the feet as possible so i'll um, I'll be taking my right hand just on the right side of their foot and my left hand on the left side of their feet and so kind of like train tracks um, hmm. and I'll try to get as close to them as I can uh, so if you go
0: out to the side we've got to get up closer to the hip
2: yeah so if you're you going out to the side get into the to get into the wake yeah um, yeah
0: Yeah. So, you know, drafting, like you said, it can be, it can be very beneficial. Um, but something again, that you have to practice. Yeah. Um, and you really have to find, I mean, I I couldn't spit out a number yet right now, but, um, you know, have to find somebody that's not that much faster than you. Yeah. Uh,
2: Which in time trial starts, I imagine is very, very difficult, very difficult to find, to just get lucky to have someone that is, 10% better swimmer than you that you can actually hang on to. Um, yeah,
0: it's kind of been the thing, you know, it is the trend now that it's especially with COVID and stuff that more and more races are going strictly to time trial starts. And so it does put you at a little bit of a disadvantage as far as if you're a, if you're not the greatest swimmer and you used to count on drafting, uh, you know, it, uh, it's a little bit of a
2: a loss yeah and if you're if you're chasing s- someone's feet and you're pushing yourself into the red zone um, right. that's gonna play a bit it's gonna have a big toll on the rest of your race if you go into the red zone too long in the swim I've definitely tried to draft off people that I had no business drafting yeah. on
0: and paid for it pretty hard yeah get out to the first turn buoy and be like oh, I'm done yeah like and they're gone so got nothing left Um, but yeah, I mean, that's something you can practice. You can practice it in a pool with a buddy, um, and just finding that spot where you feel like you're doing the least amount of work, you know, and they're swimming their normal pace and then you can switch off like Mm -hmm. every 50 or every length or whatever. You can just take turns drafting.
2: Um, I would never go into a race counting on drafting or like strategizing ahead of time. If the situation,
0: unless it's it's a professional race and you know people you know the field yeah that's one thing
2: uh as an amateur yeah yeah but if someone if someone passes you especially pretty slowly definitely try to get on try to get on those feet um
0: that's probably the best strategy yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. if they are gonna have a drafting strategy that's it um we kind of already talked about choppy water but do you have any other Uh, means of dealing with
2: choppy water when we talked about increasing the stroke rate a little bit um i i tend to go more to like a windmill style stroke mm -hmm. so uh, a little bit straighter arm recovery coming up over the top Mm -hmm. um if you have the, the the classic freestyle where you're dragging doing fingertip drag or something like that <laughs> yeah. in a choppy setting you could Smack, the recovery yeah. of your arm could get impeded by by chop yep. um but i think with open water swimming in general just having a little bit uh, higher arm straighter arm recovery coming over the top and having higher turnover helps and then the chop the choppy water and just is the reason why i mean like the more chop you have the more important it is to keep pressure on the water constant pressure on the water and have a higher turnover yeah
0: for sure so last uh it's kind of a question we get a lot and then we'll probably wrap it up but um if you like what is your recommendation for either trying to get out in front or kind of waiting if it is a mass start kind of waiting for people the first kind of wave of good swimmers to get out and and then you kind of go Yeah,
2: I think that's so individual. Yeah. Right? It's um if if you're a great swimmer, you then of course you're going to want to get out sure. in front and get clear clean water out in front um Yeah, like we talked about with drafting um Trying to moving as a pack in the water is always just like traffic on the road. It's always everybody's going to move more efficiently if you're swimming at like speed mm. with the people around you. Um, if you're if you're either a, a really slow swimmer and a bunch of fast swimmers are trying to pass you, there's going to be contact, and the slow swimmer is going to swim even slower. And it's going to slow down the fast swimmers trying to pass. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like having a really slow car in the middle of a highway. Oh. Um, it slows everybody down. Um, but so, lining up, trying to line up with likability, mm-hmm. um, and we'll get everybody through the swim faster, I think. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I
0: always, you know, like, it's more of like it, like you said, it's individual. If you're, you are newer and even anxious in the water just let them go like if it's going to make if it's going to like make your swim miserable let everyone go like get just wait till there's clean water for you to to swim on your own pace um with all the onset of of like self-seeding starts and stuff like that in a lot of the ironman races or long course in general um i kind of but that's the kind of one time where i tell people like Go early. Like, even if you're not a great swimmer, it's already it's already like you're among faster swimmers and it's a time trial start. They're gonna go and you're gonna have clean water and then people are gonna be passing you and you have a better you're chance. gonna slow them down, but you're gonna you're gonna benefit from yeah. going out earlier uh, than waiting and then possibly having to swim through a bunch of people because you misseated yourself or whatever. That's true. The other part of it is swimming if you through go people early, is a lot slower. Yeah. Than- <laughs> if you go early, you get out of the water earlier, and you're on the bike and on the run earlier, and you don't risk the heat
1: mm-hmm. and the wind
0: and all this stuff picking up. So
1: good. Good time for this question from uh, Cullen on Instagram: How to maneuver through traffic mm-hmm. without losing too much
2: time or adding too
1: much distance? Is there any tips on that?
2: Yeah, it, that's going to be very situational. So I've. Uh, the thing that I hate are multiple lap swims because of that reason where you were on the second inevitably. lap, inevitably yeah. um, catching mm-hmm. and having to move through the first lap field or something like that. And it's it can be very difficult. Um, so do you go wide and swim extra or do you try to snake through the swim? Um, a lot of it can also depend on... Uh, <laughs> How how heartless are you? Because you can swim <laughs> are you through cold traffic. Blood <laughs> you can swim through traffic and uh, kind of Alistair Brownlee. Some people, you know, <laughs> dunk them. <laughs> and you can get through traffic pretty quick that way. If You ever um, feel a hand on your shoulder? It's not me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, you. The downside of going through traffic is you inevitably have to sight so much more. So you you are gonna have to increase your sighting. Um, Trust no one. Yeah, and then start, you're gonna have to pick lines earlier. Like don't just swim up to feet and then try to swim around them. Um, Like don't just react when you hit the feet. You're gonna have to start picking feet that are uh, 15 meters out in front of you and kind of plan your line at that point. Mini Um, zigzags as opposed to. Yes. So right. uh, as opposed to running up on someone stop. and then
0: no. trying yeah. to go around, them. that's the worst—is having yeah. to stop and then reaccelerate. As far as efficiency goes, and how bad it feels to like have to stop. Oh, got kicked in the face because I came up on them too fast, and then yeah, now I got to go around them and reaccelerate around them. Uh, yeah, if you sight for the person in front of you a little bit, you can just make a, usually slight corrections and get around them. It doesn't necessarily always mean you're gonna. Uh, not swim much farther but you're not going to have to impede your stroke and your rhythm quite Mm -hmm. as much which in my opinion is like the biggest thing like if you're not a great open water swimmer the the longer you can keep that rhythm breathing stroke kick everything in sync without having to to stop it the better off you're going to be on that whole swim yeah you're going to get out of the water feeling better you're going to i mean everything so yeah, just sight for some people. You got Everyone's got bright caps on and just kind of start moving around. If you're making ground on them, just move to the left or the right a little bit and hopefully you're past them. Hope they, hopefully they're not going to go with you. Yeah. Uh, I think that pretty much covers it. There's a lot of great information. Uh, hopefully a lot of you guys will pull some good nuggets out of there and, and uh, help your open water performance. If you have any other questions, make sure you post them up on... I got a, uh, oh, we do have a question? I got another Instagram question. All right. I didn't know we were on Instagram uh-huh. today. Oh, yeah. Uh, times, daniel, everyone. Daniel yes, Scruggs. daniel <laughs> Mark. sending
1: me some of these responses. guy. <laughs> any uh, specific types of workouts to incorporate
0: and any tips on how to swim straight? I think we kind of covered a lot of the straight swimming straight stuff. Yeah. Um, workouts i mean i'll let tim talk more about it but the big things that we i've always incorporated with people is just um varied tempos yeah. and doing like 30 strokes hard 30 strokes easy you know moderate you know going out hard uh and settling in those types of things um simulating efforts you're going to have to do out in the open water no matter what mm-hmm. um and just thinking about how those happen and and then turning them into a, a set pretty much
2: yeah, I, th- I don't think swim training should be um, drastically different than the way that we train running. Or right. um, So if your goal is to swim 1 minute, 50 second pace for 100 meters, you shouldn't do all of your swims for 30, 40 minute swims at 2 minute pace, and that's all you do. Uh, you've got to vary it up. You've got to do a lot of swimming at 140 pace. Yeah. Intervals. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's open water, you know, has to be thought a little bit more. um, And even in the pool, like pool workouts that you're doing, think of it a little bit more. It's similarly to biking and running and how you train that way. And it makes a lot more sense uh, when you're putting in those, those interval sessions and going a little bit harder here, a little bit easier here, uh, going out hard and trying to recover, uh, and those those types of efforts that you're going to yeah. inherently get in open water
2: anyways. And I think uh, the neuromuscular side of sprinting is something that's missed a lot of times in swimming because there's mm-hmm. a lot of uh, even uh, technique that you can gain mm-hmm. from doing some all-out sprints, some 25s, uh, yep. not exclusively. We're not like USRP, ultra short race pace training or anything like that, but having that um zone five work (laughs) the top uh neuromuscular kind of sprints built into your swim training plays a lot it it gives you a lot of benefits that if you just swim slow all the time you're not going to get that
0: well that's why we work and that's why we work in stride outs and hundreds and stuff on our run workouts and we and we put in fast spins and like max uh cadence efforts and stuff like that on the bike because in order for you to actually push up the ceiling of what you're able to hold as a turnover rate whether Mm -hmm. it's cycling running or swimming you have to like practice turning over your arms really fast yeah uh and doing doing some of those sprint workouts and turnover sessions period are going to help you actually maintain a, a Higher stroke rate in the water more comfortably and if you never do it yeah you're never going to get good at it.
2: I mean swimming's definitely more technical and there are some um, some smart ways to gain speed uh, but consistency still reigns king in terms of improvement um, that's a a lot of times people complain about their swim s- sucking and well they don't swim that much. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, I, I ride and run three to four days a week each. Yeah. You swim once or twice. <laughs> yeah. right?
2: Find the pool once
0: or twice. Yeah. You definitely have to put in the time uh, and, and the consistency for sure. I think that covers it. Yes. Yeah, officially covered. We got no more questions. Yeah, Perfect. Good. I think we're good. Well, I appreciate everyone uh, hanging out, listening, watching. We'll catch you guys next time. Adios. Bye.